Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800-949-8707. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. For over 30 years and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights me 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest-running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Studios here in the city by the Bay, San Francisco, California. Yes, the man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35 years of radio existence, often imitated, but <laughs> hardly ever duplicated. Straight up, we're talking boxing and MMA for the next couple of hours, of course. Hour number one, concentrate primarily on the sport of boxing. Hour two, we'll delve into the world of MMA. Of course, we are like... Six days away from Conor McGregor, of course, getting licked like a stamp. He's going to get beat up, baby. It's going to be brutal. I'm talking about Khabib. We'll just call him Khabib, the monster, 26-0, about to go 27-0. There's not too many sure bets in life, but I think that Khabib is like a sure bet as far as beating up Conor McGregor is concerned. That's right. The guy that boxed Floyd Mayweather or attempted to box Floyd Mayweather for like a $100 million bucks, he he's not going to beat this guy. No way, no how. Unless, unless he lands a lucky punch, closes his eyes, throws a punch, and Khabib gets hit on the chin, and he falls apart. Outside of that, bet all your money on Khabib. I rarely say that, but I'm saying at this point, bet all your money on Khabib. Straight up, we'll also be talking heavyweights in hour number one as far as boxing concerns. Are there any heavyweights outside of, like, the top three? I'm talking about the dynamic trio of Deontay Wilder, unbeaten 41 fights. Anthony Joshua, unbeaten 21 fights. And, of course, Tyson Fury, 28 in fights, still unbeaten, the linear champion. Where does he really fit in here? Is there anybody besides those top three in the heavyweight class worthy of talking about? We'll talk about that with Johnny Sig next on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. Give me a text. 415-275-1613. The text line, once again, 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, but hey, you knew that.
If you or someone you love suffers from drug addiction, now is the time to utilize your private health insurance PPO plan. If eligible, receive up to $30,000 or more in substance abuse benefits with low or no out-of-pocket cost. We are the National Treatment Network, the premier drug and alcohol treatment referral service operating 24-7. We help connect you with facilities nationwide that accepts PPO private health insurance for substance abuse. If you have PPO substance abuse coverage and you need immediate admittance to a medical detox or residential rehab treatment center, call us now. Call our live referral helpline today. The call is free. This program is not available to Medicare or Medicaid customers. Call 800-296-1252. That's 800-296-1252. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Attention business owners, are you struggling while waiting for your customers to pay on their net 30, 60, or 90-day invoices? Can't get a business loan, have no equity, bad credit, or maybe no credit at all? Then you need to call AmeriFactors right now. AmeriFactors will give you cash for your invoices and there's nothing to pay back. We simply buy your account receivables and if those clients don't pay on the invoices, we take the loss. We give you funds based on your account receivables not your credit. And 98% of all applicants are approved. It's that simple. With AmeriFactors, there's no more waiting for your customers to pay. We give you the funds up front, then we wait for your customers to pay us. Fund your business today. Call AmeriFactors right now. 800-847-1183. That's 800-847-1183. More Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Check it. 12 minutes past the hour. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35 years of radio existence. Good Lord. I'm an old man. Straight up, you are tuned to the <laughs> longest running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Trying to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. What do you think? 35 years? I mean, often imitated but never duplicated. There were some chicks that tried to fight show about 15 years ago. There were a couple of, they called themselves a couple of regular guys that tried to fight show a few years ago. You know, I mean, you can do your podcast. You can do all that kind of good stuff. But straight up, can you do network radio? Can you do it 35 years? Not hardly. Straight up, we're talking boxing this hour. We're bringing Johnny Singh in just a couple of minutes. But the reason why um, I'm a bit touched this morning is that, you know, HBO has decided to kick the bucket 
on boxing. I mean, it's done as far as the end of 2018 is concerned. And I think that it's unfortunate because that's a network that, that, that built its bones, that, that, that basically built itself on boxing. It wasn't HBO. It was home box office back in the late 1970s, early 1980s. And it was like, hey, man, do you know somebody with home box office so we can go watch the fights? I mean, that's just the way it was. And I think some of the most memorable fights I ever saw on HBO involved Warfado Gomez. <laughs> Gomez, of course, and Sanchez back in 1982. But Gomez and Pintor. That was an amazing fight. I mean, that was in 1982, I believe, as well. But, um, well, Harold Letterman told me that it was the greatest fight that he ever, like, witnessed. December 1982, greatest fight he ever witnessed in his life that he didn't score as actually as a judge. And it was just an epic battle back and forth. A TKO on 14 won by Wilfredo Gomez. But then most of you think of Hagler Hearns, maybe, or Tyson wiping out somebody in one round. I mean, that's what your, your resemblance or your remembrance of, of HBO boxing is concerned. Well, I remember in 78 when this guy that was, you know, a little, little, little off the wall at times. I mean, he just was. I mean, who was this guy, Larry Merchant? Yeah, everybody knew him in Philadelphia and New York City. And this and he was a big sports editor. But, you know, out here on the West Coast, we didn't really know who he was until he became part of the, until he became the face of HBO Boxing. Straight up, here's Larry on the demise of HBO Boxing. I happened to be in one of the parks. It was uh, one of my thoughts that I'd come to the city for a few days and uh, sit and read, and, and I got a call about the uh, announcement of HBO's retirement. And uh, a few hours later, I sent out uh, a message uh, to Fred Sternberg, the boxing publicist, uh, of what I thought about it. And um, I'll try to recall what I said. Uh, once we were a young prospect, then a challenger, then a champion, a great champion, a long-time champion, but then a has-been who has finally retired See you so long, champ. The Godfather, Larry Merchant, on the demise of HBO Boxing, of course, as I said, began in 1978. It says 78, 88, 98, 2008. Man, it ran a long time. I mean, it really did. It was like the staple of the network. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah, Jim Lampley had his issues, and you know, like people people used to like to, to hate Larry Merchant. One guy I saw, I was at a fight, at a closed-circuit fight in um, at Ricky Sports Theater a few years ago, and Larry was saying something about Oscar De La Hoya, and some guy actually threw something at the screen. I mean, it was like, you know, threw like a piece of food at the screen. So uh, Larry did evoke emotions, and HBO boxing was pivotal in bringing not only uh, HBO to the forefront, but boxing to the forefront. It sort of brought boxing back after Muhammad Ali's retirement. Of course, Larry Holmes and Ken Norton duking it out. Man, those guys, they, they went to war. They really didn't. Of course, Larry won that fight in the last round straight up. Larry Holmes becoming heavyweight champion. This was only on home box office. Not HBO, per se, home box office. But now, as Larry said, the competition is no longer um, Showtime or ESP or anything like that. It's like, it's like apps and things like that. You can't pe- compete with apps. And what, is H- what does HBO compete with nowadays? Netflix. Straight up, we wish HBO the best. But, you know, one of the better things about this may have been the fact we don't have to listen to Max Keller Boy anymore. And I was a buddy of his, smoked, smoked some weed with him in New York City and that kind of good stuff back in the day when he wasn't a square. 
And, um, you know, we had time. He had, he had a nice brownstone apartment over there that his daddy put together for him in, in New York City. So he had a nice little setup. And, of course, his, his came, he came from uh, uh, public access TV to ESPN and made that shot from ESPN to, uh, to HBO. And, and, I, and I give him props for that. But, you know, come on. You know, he's one of those guys that falls in love with fighters. And you can't do that. You can't. You just can't do it and remain objective. You can't. You can sort of like guys a little bit, but, you know, when you start showing favoritism, you start shilling, you know, like, like, look, he sunk all the money the network had in boxing into Chocolito, uh, the 115-pounder. That didn't work out so well, did it? It didn't. No, because Max was thinking, hey, this is the guy. This is the guy. No, no, no. When a guy's that small, he can lose at any given time because three pounds is like 30 pounds in the street. I kid you not. Three pounds from like 115 to 118 or 112 to 115 pounds is a lot of, is the akin to a lot of, a lot more pounds, poundage in the street. It's just the way it is, okay? Guys are small, they're bigger body frames, they, they can punch harder, <clears throat> they can take more. It's just, it's just natural physics, okay? But they decided they were going to invest in the 115 pound division without bringing in the Thai guy who's the best at 115 pounds. Larry tried to give him an out and say that, you know, well, he didn't really want to fight on HBO. They didn't offer him enough money. What do you mean he didn't want to? He's gonna, so he's going to fight in, in, in Thailand in front of like 8,000 people and make more money he could fight on HBO? Are you trying to, are you trying to joke me or what? Are you trying to pull, pull, pull a fast one on me, HBO? I, I'm not going for it. You know, the fact that you listen to Keller Boy, the fact that you sunk all your money into Keller Boy, the fact that the network is no longer doing boxing has a lot to do with the fact that you guys sort of sucked at it in the end. He really did. Jim Lampley, the wife beater. Yeah, I can say that. I watched him whoop on his wife. He actually almost choked her to death. I had to put a police chokehold on his ass. You better let go. You better let And then when the, when the, when the strength was sapping out of his body, mm, 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 I could feel it. And he was grunting. He was going, mm, mm. He was trying to fight it, but he couldn't fight it no more, man. He was either going to go to sleep or he was going to take his claws off, the, uh, off his wife's neck, one or the other. He decided to stop choking her. Bottom line is, of course, he, he got in some beef, a beef a little, little bit later regarding domestic violence. And then the first wife denied there was, any ever, there was ever, ever any domestic violence in her life. Damn, girl, did you forget that time he almost choked you to death and I saved your ass or what? Speaking of claw hands, I can't believe that her and, and Jim Lampley decided to have kids because she's got those hands that are like a lobster. I kid you not. She's like got two fingers. They're like a lobster. That's the best way I can describe them. They're sort of like, like something out of a, a bad movie. Anyway, she's got these claw, the crab-like hands, and they had two kids. And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, the two kids had this birth defect of the of the claw hands. Why would you send two kids into the world with claw? I don't get it, man. I just don't. Straight up, maybe that's just me. But, of course, I'm also believing a woman's right to choose. We have open phone lines around the planet. Believe it or not, boxing is the subject. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Before we go to the break, we'll bring in the man from Sin City himself, Las Vegas, Nevada, Mr. Johnny Signorella. John, uh, I think I'm done ranting. I tell you what, that was one hell of a unique eulogy of the career of HBO. It's just the way it is, man. HBO is what it is. I mean, HBO was a wonderful outlet, no, no doubt about it. I mean, in the early days, you used to, it was 10 bucks a month. I think it was 10 bucks a month when it started. And you used to, like, you found out who had home box office in the neighborhood and things like that. Because not everybody had it, because not everybody had key. You didn't have to have cable back then. You didn't have to. You can get away with like, no. Yeah, you can get away with the you know the rabbit ears and that kind of good stuff. Especially if you were like young, dumb, and full of you know what. So the bottom line is, you know, I mean, come on, man. Boxing was good back in then. HBO was the only outlet for that for, for the game. They'd have the fights on closed circuit TV. Sometimes they have the fights on on closed circuit TV 
And then after Closed Circuit went away, bang, HBO sort of make their, made their move there. HBO was the, the first avenue of paid television regarding boxing at home's concern. And now everybody's like sort of accustomed to pay-per-view, paper, paper, pay-per-view meaning pay-per-view each uh, individual fight. Back in the day, you like 10 bucks a month, and you got to watch Hagler and Hearns and Ali and Ali and Norton. I think Ali and was it Ali and Norton? I don't think maybe Ali and Norton was also on HBO. Anyway, HBO may they may HBO. I was going to play the taps for HBO, but may HBO just rest in peace. We're going to go to a break. Johnny Sigs here. We're going to talk in boxing after the break. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Get this. Tower of Power has got a new album out. This ain't it. But you got a new album. It's called On the Soul Side of Town. Pretty good clip. Pretty good clip. No ballads per se that you can fall in love with. But straight up, Marcus Scott does a relatively uh, good job as the new lead singer. Straight up, check them out. Towerofpower.com. Tower of Power, baby. The horns. Let it roll. You are tuned to the mighty Force Byline Broadcast Network. Ring Talk Live Worldwide. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063-800-957-6063. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. 
dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Clock says 25 and a half minutes past the hour, hour number one of two, live on Sports Byline every Sunday, of course. Ring Talk Live Worldwide begins at 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours, live on Sports Byline and like a plethora of other internet platforms. Bottom line is 8 o'clock in Honolulu, Hawaii, a little early, but some guys get up over there to listen to the show live. Of course, you can always listen to the show delayed on YouTube. Go to YouTube and enter Ring Talk, and Johnny's got the channels all set up, so Johnny's got that rock and rolling. Johnny, what happened last night? Jorge Linares was uh, in the one feature. How do you do? Did excellent last night. A three-division former champion, now fighting at 140, looked real strong. Uh, beat up Miguel Cotto's cousin last night, Abner Cotto. Knocked him out in the third round with some brilliant right hands. Looked pretty good at 140, Pete. And 140 is a great division, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he fares there. I always cringe when guys move up and wait. I'm sitting here shaking my head with my eyes closed. People can't see it because it's never good. Rarely. I'll well, say that. Say, rarely is it good. I'll just put it to you. Rarely is it good. Speed of moving up and wait, what's Lomachenko going to do? Well, right now he's dancing with uh, Jose uh, Petraza on uh, ESPN in, I believe, December. Uh, no, yes, December 8th on ESPN. Is that a worthy? So he's fighting still at 135. It's for the WBA and WBO belt. Is he worthy? The opponent? Petraza's okay. Lost only once to... Um, what? Man, you don't Johnny. You're not smelling upset here then, right? No, no, no. no that's, that, that, that's what I'm trying to get to. This is like an, a work fight. Yes, absolutely. A work fight at 135, I believe. That. Okay. Linares, was that a work fight for him last night? Or was that was that the real deal? Did he have a solid guy in front of him? Cotto's record going in was 23-3 and three with 12 KOs. Um, I, I think it was more just like, let's get back in the ring after the loss to Lemonchenko and, and see what you still have, you know, and give him some more confidence. You were talking about moving up for him not being a good thing. He's got a big frame on him. I always thought that when he was fighting both beneath 140 pounds, you know, I thought that was very taxing for him. I think 140 will suit him better. And especially as you get older, these guys, their bodies grow. Johnny Signorello is the uh, expert here on the world of boxing. Of course, you listen to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Talking about Linares, of course, Jorge Linares stopping Abner Cotto last night in a junior welterweight bout. Uh, It was on Facebook. So Facebook, did they tell you how many people watched that? Did, Did they release any numbers on that kind of stuff, Johnny? When I streamed it, it was out about 300,000 people. And I streamed it about two hours after the stream went live uh, to catch up with it. Now, you're able to watch it over the course of however long since it posts. So I've seen some of these cards get upwards to, I think, the JoJo Diaz fight 
got up to over 4 million total views at current. So that's pretty darn good. Yikes. Uh, there, what, what happened to the world? The notion of boxing was dying. <laughs> oh, dude, not even close, Pete. I mean, you look at boxing right now, as many networks that carry it and don't get the thing with HBO dropping them twisted, they just can't keep up oh. with all the, uh, the content that's out there. Boxing is alive and well, and I think it's the best it's been since about the 90s in terms of world popularity. Okay, Mike Tyson says it isn't. Mike Tyson says it's because there are no personalities in boxing. You know, I mean, he was one of the biggest personalities of all time. So I could see where he's coming from in terms of there's no me. There's no Mike Tyson. And you know what? There will only ever be one Mike Tyson. But we do got some characters out there. We got gentlemen. We got the bad guys. You know, we got the smack talkers. But we also have a great amount of talent. Look at all the talent in boxing right now. Weight class to weight class. There's a whole lot of competition, at least anywhere between five to ten solid fighters in every weight class from 135 all the way up to the heavyweight division. That creates excitement. That creates buzz. And on a world level, I mean, outside of soccer, what other sport is as popular right now worldwide, not just in America, than boxing? Okay, granted. But on the flip side, one personality can, um, how can I put this, can make an can can make a generation per se. I mean, Tyson created a generation of boxing fans when he came along. Ali created a a couple of generations of boxing fans when he came along. I, I just I um I'm going to go back to what Tyson said. He said there's no really strong guys that are personalities per se, and there's not because Canelo speaks Spanish. If Canelo spoke English, we might get a little bit more out of him. Okay, but we don't have any Conor McGregor's in boxing per se. Floyd's done, and Floyd talked a lot, but you know Floyd sort of. Floyd's talk at the end sort of was impotent, but go on. Yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, the thing with Canelo, that does kill him. I could not agree more. And he does understand English, and he does speak English. I don't know why they're so apprehensive to allow him to uh, communicate English to his fans in an interviews, because I think it would just make his marketability so much greater. Bro, I bro, mean, bro. Wilder is a great mouthpiece. Go ahead. We begged Roberto Duran. We begged him. You wouldn't believe Hector and I. We be- Freddie. Begged him, Luis de Cubas, the Cube, we the senior, begged him, speak, speak English. You can do it if you want, but he didn't want to. He just didn't want to. I mean, the gigs, I remember it was, it was one gig where they wanted Duran to speak Spanish at some, um, Spanish and English or something like this, and he didn't want to do the English part, and it was like 30 grand for like 20 minutes. 30 grand for 20 minutes, and he said no, and he was broke. Some people just aren't comfortable doing it, you know? And look at Triple G. Like, he doesn't speak the greatest English in the world. And sometimes he makes mistakes, but you know what he means. And it makes him charming. And people can relate to that. And they like the effort, Pedro. They like the fact that you're trying, you know? And, and I like to hear fighters speak, you know, the truth, in, in all honesty. And it's hard to identify who Canelo is when I don't understand what he's saying. I don't speak Spanish. I wish I did, but I don't. A uh, quick, quick, quick run to Triple G here post fight. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Canelo. That's the bottom line. Was he smocked? Talked all that smack, but he congratulated him at the start, and I think he he deserves a little bit of a class and respect for that. Although Abel Santana and the rest of those guys, I don't know, but I'm telling you, Triple G knows deep down in his heart the body language, the fact that when you're getting off the stool. The guys aren't telling you, you know what, you kicked the snot out of him in that last round. Or you're whooping his – they never said anything, not even something close to that. I mean, when I got off the when I got off the stool, I knew whether I'd won – actually, I knew when I sat down. But I knew exactly what I was going to do and what had happened the round before when I got up. That's just the way it was. I mean, you just you have to take, the all, take all, that all into account. And I, I don't know. I, 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 
I'm just not a, at this point in time, hmm. Anyway, we'll change subjects to an extent. Let's talk about Canelo Alvarez and Triple G. Is it going to be May, the, the third fight? Because they're going to do it again. Triple G's got nowhere to go. And the Triple G end up fighting you for like a couple hundred grand. <laughs> hey, I'll take it, bro. Even no. though it'll be a lot of punishment, no. you know, for me, of course. But I'll take it. Mm, yeah, but Johnny, I'd fix things for you, Johnny. I would. I said, Johnny, listen, sort of like, um, <laughs> no, hey, uh, his name was uh, uh, Strauss, 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 Bruce the Mouse Strauss. He was a, he was a a journeyman out of Oklahoma back in the days of Sean O'Grady's father when they took fights and they took dives and, and they took like two fights on the same day in different parts of Oklahoma. It took dives in both fights. And then and they, they run a career of like zero and 28 and all kinds of crazy stuff. I kid you not. But Bruce the Mouse Strauss told me, I said, Bruce, man, I said, you've had over a hundred fights. You don't see punchy at all. He goes, listen, Pedro, I'm going to tell you that something like that. He goes, once the fight gets un- when the, once the fight I realize the fight's not going to be competitive, I found myself a place to go. And I said, "Okay, so how often does that take place?" He goes, "All the time." I said, "What's the earliest you've realized that a fight wasn't going to be competitive?" He goes, "During the referee's instructions." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but he was he was a prof- he was a professional. He actually like yeah, I remember one time we were on a on a flight. I was going to New York on Southwest Airlines. And they, like, bounced, like, four or five times across the country. And we're going from Vegas to New York. And he was going to Oklahoma. But he only bought a ticket to Salt Lake City. Okay? And he stayed on this pre-9-11. And he stayed on a plane the entire way, all the way to Oklahoma. I was going, man, he goes, man, I ain't going to buy a ticket. Just don't say anything. And he scammed his way all the way to Oklahoma. He was doing stuff like that all the time. But Bruce the Mousetrash, you want to talk about a professional opponent uh, that knew when to go, when when to uh, bow out, even during the referee's instructions. Oh, so he said. Now, Callum Smith uh, performed well. Does he rate with uh, David Benavides? And what's up with Mr. Coke there? Hold on. Here's David. Go on. I knew that was coming, brother. Uh, great division at 168. Benavides, I don't know if he's going to get a suspension. We have to wait and see. He's been inactive for a while, and that's what's killing this kid overall. You know we're high on him. We like the way he fights. We're high Callum on him. Smith really good the other night. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll join you. Zerto Ramirez is sort of like, I mean, I thought he was going to be a stud. And then uh, an official with the World Boxing Organization, he's their champion, right? So an official with the World Boxing Organization put, put his hand on my shoulder about a year ago and said to me, he's not as good as you think. I said, okay, 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 okay. So he's not uh, as good as I think. But uh, there's, there's, three, there's three studs at 168 right there. Yeah, Callum Smith looked really good. You know, uh, I like the way he went after George Groves, you know, with beautiful right hands and hooks. He looked like a killer in there. I wasn't expecting that from Smith. And it wasn't just like, you know, a shot that did it. It was a systematic dismantling, like a breakdown of, of an individual, which, you know, sounds pretty sick. I enjoy watching because I like to see the strategy in boxing, how someone gets to their man and dismantles them and, you know, makes their game plan work to their advantage. And Smith looked to be a really good fighter. Now, I don't know if Groves is just shop warrant from Carl Frotch. We'll have to wait and see, you know, how good Smith is. If he does, in fact, get a Benavidez or a Gilberto Ramirez or a Jose Uscata guy who just fought on ESPN on Friday as well. Stunk the joint out. Oh, my God. He fought at 175, though. However, he's best known as a 168-pounder. And uh, I think he better think about going down there for Uscata guy because at 175, he just didn't look to be relevant at all in terms of uh, power. Las Vegas' very own John Signorella returns in hour number two of Ring Talk Live. We're aware you are tuned to the mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network, 1-800-878-PLAY. That was 1-800-878-757. Or, or, or the text line. You want to text me, you can. 
415-275-1613. The text line, 415-275-1613. Next up, George Foreman on the greatest. Muhammad Ali, only on Sports Byline. I want all I can get of your Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Call the CPAP hotline now. 800-430-4234. 800-430-4234. That's 800-430-4234. Copays and deductible supply. Supplies are replaced in accordance with Medicare guidelines. This online bank was foreclosing on us. They even had documents that I signed for a home equity loan, only I didn't. What a nightmare. She's the victim of a devastating crime called mortgage fraud. Your home's title and mortgage are kept online, where thieves, foreign and domestic, hack them. It's simple. They forge your title and borrow every penny of equity you have in your home, like this police officer. I know about title fraud. So I registered with Home Title Lock and discovered some thief had already taken over title. Thank God I found out in time. No bank, identity theft program, or insurance protects you. Home Title Lock will. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title and mortgage. The instant it detects tampering, they're on it, helping to shut it down. Find out if you're already a victim of title fraud. Get your $100 search free with sign-up. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. That's 800-535-7789. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. That music go a little bit. Larry Bragg's on lead. Larry Bragg's is now the lead singer of the greatest soul group of all time. The Temptations. That's right. The lead singer for the Mighty Temptations. Check them out. Larry Bragg's on lead. They have a new album out, a new CD. They don't call them albums or records anymore, huh, Cuddy? They call them CDs. 
What's the story on Seattle? What happened to an album? Anyway, bottom line is no more albums. The CDs are out, but the Temptations have a brand new CD out. Larry Braggs on lead. Check it out. Larry Braggs, of course, a guy that came to Northern California back in the 90s, man. I checked this dude out when he was playing with Executive Suite down on Fisherman's Wharf. And I said to Tower of Power, I said, Jeff Tamalier and a couple of guys, I said, you know, I said, uh, Jose Cruz has got this guy that can really sing. I mean, he's the he's the the spit with an H. I mean, he really is. And they chuckled at me. <laughs> anyway, guess what? He ended up staying with Tower of Power for 12 years. And, of course, now the mighty lead singer for the almighty Temptations. Fantastic career ascension for the great Larry Braggs. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Well, most of you know I had a intimate relationship with Muhammad Ali. Not so much with George Foreman. I mean, George and I, we had, you know, we knew each other over the years. He remembered me from the fact that we trained together in the 60s and things like that. In the 60s. Actually, I was a kid, and I would go to the gym, and I'd make a lot of noise when he was in the ring because, you know, he was the attraction around you. He just was. I mean, 1968 Golden Glove champion. He was going off the Olympics, and he was killing everybody in the gym. I mean, he was. I mean, he was He was beating guys up. It was crazy. I mean, good Lord. My father said to me, you know, he, he, can, he can only go three rounds. He's a three-round fighter. He's not a 15-round fighter. I said, yeah, but he's beating up all these guys. I said, but he's beating up inside of three rounds. So it doesn't matter if he fights 15 rounds or three rounds. You know, George Foreman's probably going to win. So I really expected George Foreman to beat Muhammad Ali when they fought in 1974. I mean, my heart wasn't in the fact that George Foreman was going to win, but I thought he was going to win. I mean, based on... Uh, their prior, their, their, based on the fact that they were at, at pivotal stages in their career, both Ali starting to fade away, and of course Foreman starting to rise. You would think to his peak. I mean, after knocking out all those guys, of course, sending Joe Frazier man into retirement. I mean, he had, he had Joe so hard, Joe's kinfolk in Africa were shook. I kid you not. I mean, that's how hard George Foreman hit him so hard. And then George Foreman hit. I'll never forget this when when Joe Frazier was hurt. And he sort of turned his back, sort of involuntarily turned his back. Joe hit him. I mean, George Foreman hit him on the back of the head. George Foreman is a dirty fighter. That being said, here's George Foreman with Charlie Rose on CBS television talking about the greatest athlete. No, the greatest person he's ever met and the greatest person I've ever met. I'm talking about the man born Cassius Clay back in 1942, Muhammad Ali. George Foreman is with us now. He joins us from his home in Texas. And, George, we thank you so much. It's really good to see you this morning. Good morning, and thank you. All right, George, let's start with the rumble in the jungle. Did it feel like a rumble in the jungle to you? Because I've heard you say it's hard to fight somebody that you admired and loved. Yeah, it was like I was mugged in the jungle. <laughs> I went there with two title belts. I came home with none. <laughs> and that, what was Muhammad that like? Ali was it. Muhammad Ali was as smart as Charlie Rose and as pretty as Gail King. What could I do? Oh, you charmer, you. What was it like to be hit by Muhammad Ali? Because I heard he said to you, George, is that all you got? What was it like to get a punch from Muhammad Ali? What did that do to you? It, it, it was really strange. I thought I'd knock him out in one or two rounds, but about the third round I'd hit him and he fell on me. I thought, that's it. And he started screaming, that all you got, George? Show me something. And I knew then I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> You're almost as good as he is, George. Yes, you are. Did the trash talk get to you? What was the line he said, Nora? He told David Frost, if you think the world was surprised when Nixon resigned, wait till I whip Foreman's behind. <laughs> Did that trash talk get to you? <laughs> you you know what? If he could have continued with the trash talk, if he hadn't hit me with that straight right hand, that yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah but Damn George, they on the say canvas, that... the most embarrassed, 
The most embarrassing moment of my life. Mm. They say that it was the rope-a-dope that did it, that he avoided you by the rope-a-dope and just tired you out so that once he started to fight, uh, you had nothing. Yeah, I thought, like I said, I went out for the first and second round to just clean it out and get it over quick. And I didn't have any idea that that fight was going to continue round after round after round. Mm. You know how those ladies walk around with the ring card? I was thinking, <laughs> please don't come back in here. Stay out. And, and, and after <laughs> it that... It was a terrible day for me. George, you know, I hate to be laughing at you, but you're hilarious. You yeah. are. But, <laughs> but after that fight, you sort of gave up boxing. It You you walked away. Were you... You became a breacher, I think. Didn't you you became a breacher? breacher. Yeah. Did it just affect you that much? Yeah. It, it, yeah, in 77, I walked away and became an evangelist, of which I still am. Mm -hmm. I'm a preacher. By, I just moonlight as a box and a grill salesperson. <laughs> That's what I do. But in reality, well, you... <laughs> I walked away from it. And then you, you end up with 10 kids. You got a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, let me, and, let me say, and let me say the George Foreman grill is a very fine yes. grill. Indeed, yes. You, you have said... You have said no one loved living more yeah. than him. What are some of your favorite memories of him? Oh, he was so good looking. Every morning he woke up, it didn't matter what situation he was in, he was going to try to find a way to be joking and laughing. Once he came up to me and said, George, one day you're going to have this when you're heavyweight champ of the world. And I'm thinking, he said, wait here. Came back in a couple of moments and uh, with a briefcase, I said, it's going to be $100,000. He opened a briefcase. It was an old telephone. I said, what? He said, yep, you'll get one of these when you're champ of the world. <laughs> and like a fool, I went out and bought one. <laughs> George, people... It was pre-cell phones. Yeah. People say that he was not Mohammed just... Mohammed loved life. Yeah, he really did. And the more you watch and see his life, it's amazing all the things that I learned this weekend. People describe him not just a once-of-a-lifetime athlete, but a once-in-a-lifetime man. You agree with that, don't you? Oh, he was the greatest man... The greatest man I ever met. To say he was the greatest boxer is, is a put down. Mm -hmm. He was bigger than boxing. He was bigger than anything. The, I mean, if you are a movie star and you went out to see Muhammad Ali, you become a better movie star, a better lawyer, a better doctor. He was truly the greatest. But take us to the ring at least once in terms of what his skills were. How fast was he? Uh, how hard did he punch? <laughs> you know, and you describe him. I got into the ring with him. He was, didn't have the best power, the best anything, but his presence. Mm -hmm. You got in the ring with him and you knew this is something different and you couldn't beat it. You know, you may as well forget hitting him in his face. He was not going to let you do it. He said, you know, I came in here pretty. I'm going to leave out pretty. <laughs> and the sad thing about it. He was. He pretty. was. He was pretty. He That's really what was. It was. No one could deal with him. And the the greatest, the, his greatest power was his presence. Yeah. And I wish everyone would have gotten a chance to meet him, just yeah. to know what I'm talking about. I know. How did you become friends with someone that beat you up so badly? How'd that happen? If you beat me up like he did, I'd be your friend too. <laughs> <laughs> George got jokes this morning. Nothing like him. George came. George came to play. You know, George, he once said he wishes everybody loved each other the way that they loved him. He had great compassion for children and for other human beings. I think that's what struck me a lot this weekend, watching the stories about him over and over and over again. He made me feel so important. 
If you sit around him, you felt important. You really felt like you were something special. And he'd just sit there and make you think, wow, he's paying some attention to me. And he wouldn't yawn much. He'd just listen to you. And he was so brash and arrogant, very unusual for a black man at that time, speaking his mind the way he did. What what, what are your thoughts about that? You know, I, I... I didn't want to hear any more of this conversation after Africa. <laughs> oh, you got George. Show me something. I'm the greatest. You don't have any business in the ring with me. I didn't care much about this conversation. <laughs> All right. George, it's great to have you. Really so great. great. Thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate it, George Foreman. Thank you. People talk about how Ali touched them, how Ali would touch people. I watched Ali stop a train in the middle of China, in the middle of nowhere. They didn't have electricity. They used outhouses as far as toilets were concerned. And people walked up to us, walked up to the train because the train doesn't stop here. The train doesn't make stops here. The train just goes through, okay? You got like a bunch of huts on the side of the road, on the side of the train train track. So <clears throat> these people walk up. They've got no teeth. Some of them have teeth. For the most part, it's like all deep teeth decay. They've never seen a dentist. Uh, in other words, you know, they probably don't get their annual checkups at the doctors per se. So they were just on their own village people, really true village people, right? But they knew who they knew Muhammad Ali. They were like the, the word got out, and before he knew it, it was like a hundred people around our train car. I kid you not. And Ali says, "You know, it's sort of nice to be me once in a while." I said, "What do you mean by that, champ?" He says, "Goes, you know, I bring people together and, and I make them happy." And he and he did. He had that unique quality where when he touched you, when he touched your hand, when he put his hand on your shoulder, or he, you know, he cracked you. We do press conferences. And you would crack one-line jokes about me and things like that. I mean, no, that's it's it's something that it, those are priceless moments. <clears throat> when I look back at in my lifetime, the fact that I was able to do that kind of crazy stuff around him, and you know, it was cool. Whether we were in Sacramento, whether we were in Miami, whether we were in Antigua, whether no, he didn't go to Antigua with us. Whether we were in China, the two different times we went over there once to Macau and once to the mainland. I mean, he's just he was just a class act and a sort of. End this little Ali tribute with this. And I'll put it to you, you know, I'll put it to you real, real, real quick. I um, I don't handle, sometimes, you know, being a cop, being an ex-cop, you can, like, handle stuff when it's happening. In other words, people get their, their head blown off. One guy died with me holding my hand over his chest and blood, blood pumping out from a gunshot wound. And he told me, you know, make sure you go to Pac-Man. Make sure you go tell my kids that I love them, okay? So I had to go back to the station, wash up, change uniforms, and go tell his kids that, you know, if their father had died. So and that's the, you sort of get trained for that kind of stuff, you know. But when stuff faces you personally, when it hits you in the face, like, bam, like a brick. And we went to this orphanage in Macau, and the, these kids were deformed, and they only had one arm. And one kid only didn't have an ear on one side of his, his head. He only had an ear on one side, okay. And all these different deformities, this and that. And, you know, and I left the place, and I had like a three-year-old child, four-year-old child at the time. So, I mean, I was freaking out. I was in tears. And then. You know, Ali came. Ali came to the back of the bus where he saw me crying. You know, and he's he he looks back and he sees me crying and basically makes his move back. He says, "Man, what you crying about? What you crying about, man?" I said, "Man," he said, "You know, those kids, those kids." I said, "I got a kid at home. I got a kid at home." I said, "I got a kid at home." Cuddy's not seeing me. You are tuned to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Thanks. You're tuned to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network.
attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call, that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. Where do you want to go on a vacation or honeymoon? The Caribbean, Europe, Hawaii, Mexico? How about Disney or a cruise? At Superior Cruise and Travel, we've got you covered. We'll assign you your own travel concierge. They'll help you design a custom vacation plan that you can't find online. And the service is completely free. You can't compare the value of this to any other online travel company. We can help you plan a custom vacation anywhere in the world. We even offer payment plans with no credit card required. Now you pay off your vacation on your time schedule. Call now and mention the promo code RADIO and save up to $500. Book your custom trip. Call Superior Cruise and Travel now and talk to one of the highest rated travel agencies in the country with a 5-star A-plus online rating. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Now more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. You know, sometimes you get all choked up saying something and you can't finish it. It's just, just on occasion that even happens with the mouth that roars. Yours truly, right? So what I was trying to lead to before I got all choked up before the break there um, was that Ali came to the back of the bus, you know, and all these kids, like I said, these kids were deformed and everything like that. And at the end of uh, me, you know, moaning, at the end of the me moaning for about two and a half minutes, he said to me, son, you can't save every puppy in the pound. But yet, I try to save every puppy in the pound. This is the way it is. Straight up, you are to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hour number two, we'll delve into the world of mixed martial arts. Well, that's right. We'll talk MMA, of course, Conor McGregor and the great um, Khabib. And I say the great Khabib because the guy's won 26 straight fights, never lost. I mean, when do you when do you uh, fix, when do you, when do you, affix this tag of greatness to somebody when they've 
destroyed everybody that's been put in front of him. Just destroyed everybody that's put in front of him. The only time fights go the distance in Khabib's fights is when he wants them to. So will this fight with Conor McGregor go the distance? Probably not. Looking at some of the odds right now, you know, as far as the all overall odds are concerned, I mean, Conor's a, Conor's a, a underdog here, and of course, Khabib's a plus 145, plus 166 favorite in some, same, some sports books. I think it's like stealing money. I really do. People laugh when I say that, but I think it's like stealing money. I just do. I mean, you know, I can't think, I can't think of Conor bringing anything to the dance whatsoever uh, that would to take him to victory here. I, outside of a lucky punch and maybe having something that his gloves, gloves loaded up outside of that, it ain't going to happen. Speaking of fights that are going to happen, December the 1st, Staples Center, Los Angeles, California, the city of angels, baby. Deontay Wilder defends the WBC heavyweight title in that 41-0 record, of course, against... Tyson Fury. What's Tyson Fury? 28-0, the linear champion, considered the linear champion. Tyson Fury is a plus-145 underdog. And, of course, Deontay Wilder, a minus-165 favorite. In other words, you have to bet 165 bucks to win 100 bucks on Deontay Wilder. And in order to win, if you bet 100 bucks on Tyson Fury, you win back 245 bucks. So $145 return. End of the day. Can I say, I'm not all that pleased about this. Looking at some other fight odds right now. Believe it or not, they're posting odds regarding Floyd Mayweather. Why are you doing that? Please, why are you doing that? Looking at some of the uh, prospective odds, March 9th, of course, 2019, the third fight, maybe the rubber match, because you know, people think Canelo won the second one. People think that Triple G won the first one. I, I think that's the way it goes. Saul Alvarez, a plus 100 favorite against Triple G. Triple G is a minus 120 underdog, so... Uh, I take that back. Yeah, plus minus one, minus one twenty favorite. I kid you not. Triple G a minus one twenty favorite. Canelo a plus one hundred underdog. I'm going to go with Canelo here. I am. I mean, you know, it wasn't that. It wasn't that people say to me. You know, uh, Triple G came on at the end. No, no, Triple G didn't come on at the end. Canelo got tired at the end. He got tired of beating that. You know what? He got tired of hitting him with lead hooks to the body and the head, telling punches. I mean, punches that left an effect on you. I mean, you seen Triple G after the fight. It looked like somebody put his face in a meat grinder. Not that Canelo didn't show the effects of a 12-round fight as well. I'm telling you like this. At the end of 12 rounds, it was a close fight. No robbery, just a close fight. Seven to five in rounds, give it to, uh, I gave it to Canelo. If you want to go the other way, uh, I guess you can go that way too. But you have to take away from the, can't take away from the fact that he gave away the first six rounds. And if you lost the first six rounds, all Canelo had to do was win one round after that in order to win a 12-round fight. See, seven is the majority of 12. Six and six is even. Seven beats six. The bottom line is Canelo won that fight. And somebody just got to get over it. Hour number two still to come. Ring Talk Live Worldwide talking mixed martial arts and boxing. The heavyweight division of boxing. Who outside of Joshua, Wilder, and Fury matters. That's coming up in hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, baby, on Sports Byline. Sports Byline. 